This past 24 hours, Neil and I have been on a roller coaster of emotions as we decided to enroll our kids into a new school and then ended up taking them out and putting them back into their old school. We're sharing all the ups and downs of this decision, what made us question whether something was a sign, and how to tell when God is telling you no. We also share a couple of resources of counsel and advice from talks that give very clear instruction on how the Lord works with us, guiding us from the yeses to the noes in our lives, and how to have the courage to reverse a decision when it's not the right thing to do after all. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Sometimes I think our very best episodes are when we sit down, we map it all out, we pray, and then the Spirit says, nope, do something else. Do you agree? I would agree, yes. And that's what happened today. I sat down, I mapped it out, we were jiving, we felt great about a topic, and we'll do it another time because it was a great topic. And then the Spirit just, it. so we always pray before we record, and the Spirit was like, nope, I need you to talk about what just barely happened in the last 24 hours. And it was a wild last 24 hours. I got very little sleep last night, but I feel like we're supposed to share what happened. So I actually want to start by sharing this cool thing that I've been doing in the temple when I go for our temple worship, which I love in the temple to just have like meditation time, time to just sit and think and listen and ponder and try to hear from God, whatever he wants me to hear. And I've also been doing the Bible study, come follow me reading in the temple. It's really cool. In our celestial room, they have copies of the Bible in like a bunch of different corners where you can pick up the scriptures and sit in a quiet place and read. So I was reading the last chapter of, or the last couple of chapters of all of the gospels. And I was reading about Christ as he appeared as a resurrected being to his apostles. And my favorite account of all of those was in John. It talks about how Peter says, I'm going fishing. And then a bunch of the other apostles say, yeah, I'm going too. And they go out, they catch nothing. Peter's obviously just feels deflated. And then they see the Savior standing on the shore. The Savior says, cast your net to the left. And actually, first he says, did you catch anything? Children, did you catch anything? Something like that. And he specifically calls them children, which is kind of funny. I actually do think in the scriptures we see in different places where Jesus has a little bit of a sense of humor. But he says, children, did you catch anything? Peter says no. And then the Lord instructs them to cast their net to the left instead. And they catch 153 fish. The story goes on where they they bring the fish ashore. They sit down and Jesus prepares like a fire and some bread and they fry up some fish. And then they have a heart to heart where Jesus says, Peter, do you love me? And he asks him three times and Peter's like, yes, you know, I love you. And he's like, okay, then feed my sheep. And the way that that translated for me personally was, I feel like God said to me, Corinne, even though you are choosing to follow me, things will still be hard. You will still have zero catch days. You still need to go out and fish. And in my terms, that's like, I still have to go out and work in the world, provide for my family, 
as much as I would love to just sit and talk about scriptures all day long, I still have to do the work that's been given to our family to provide. And anyway, so this was this cool experience where I read the scriptures. They applied to my life. I felt like it was God speaking to me. And then this last week we sat in Sunday school and our Sunday school teacher who is brilliant and I have so much respect for and think he's amazing. He taught this whole set of scriptures in a completely different way. And what was interesting to me sitting back was, oh, hmm, that's so interesting. Like, I feel like the Lord instructed me in such a different way with those specific verses. And my takeaway was we're all entitled to personal revelation and sometimes meaning for different scriptures are going to apply to different people in different ways. And it doesn't mean that one person's right and one person's wrong. But I think my major takeaway was that for so long, I've looked at people who have like more experience or they've had bigger callings in our church or they're more versed in scripture and they've studied it in more depth. I mean, this guy has been a mission president. He's taught gospel doctrine and seminary for years. He's a scriptorian, if there ever was one. And yet my experience in the temple was just a little bit different. My takeaway was, I feel like the way God applied those scriptures to me was totally different than the way that he was teaching them and the way that they've spoken to him. And the reason why that's all really important with what we're going to talk about today is just really honing in on understanding how God's speaking to each of us. and. We had a wild and crazy experience with that in the last 24 hours, like I said. But pausing here, is there anything you want to add to that before we get into the story? I don't think so. I think you're covering this beautifully. Well, but that was cool, right? When I came home and was like, oh, wasn't that so interesting? Because I had shared already with Neil what my experience was with reading about Peter going fishing, catching nothing. Didn't you think that was so interesting that someone else who's wasn't wrong, just had a very different yeah. no, perspective. No, I think the scriptures can land differently. I mean, that's the cool thing about personal revelation or like getting your own, kind of having your own communication with God is he speaks to you in a way that makes sense to you. And that it doesn't have to be the same for everybody. And And that was what was so instructive to me in that moment that Before that, I've always looked at this teacher like, well, whatever he says must just be complete doctrine, pure, unquestionable, this is what it is, kind of like the law from someone who has more authority than me. And I feel like the Spirit instructed me to say, no, we all have access to personal revelation and for the scriptures to apply to each of us in our own circumstances. So the last 24 hours, oh my goodness. I think where this starts actually is a couple weeks ago where I took Harry to his three-year-old checkup and the doctor said, so is he going to preschool in the fall? And I was like, no. And he was like, well, he's probably ready. And then I kind of started to think about, well, yeah, we should think about where Harry's going to go to preschool. And so then it kind of got me on this whole thought process of, all of our kids and the trajectory of their education. And right about that same time, I saw something about a brand new school opening in our neighborhood or not in our neighborhood, but in our area, like close-ish, close enough to drive to. And there were so many cool things about this school. Like it seemed to just perfectly align with our values and they're going to teach in a Socratic method and they're going to teach 
values and they're going to teach Covey principles. And like, there were so many just awesome things about it that I told Neil, but they, in this advertisement, it was like, Hey, some classes are already full, but you can get on a wait list. So we started talking about it and it was like, well, yeah, this seems amazing. This seems perfect. Like we should totally apply for this school. It's free. It's They've had great success up in North Orange County with it and the city of Orange. They have like over a thousand kids on the wait list. So we were just like, yeah, this is amazing. We should apply for it. So I applied for it and Neil and I are talking back and forth and I'm like, yeah, I don't know if we're going to actually get in, but we put, I put our kid's name in the hat. So we'll see. And then I'm like, should we pray about this? And he's like, yeah, let's pray. Or maybe you suggested it, but either way, you said the first prayer when, cause we'd pray about everything, every major decision. We always pray probably multiple times. So the first time we go to pray about this early yesterday, I don't know, like whatever, 10 AM or something. Tell me about your experience saying that first prayer. My experience was, it was kind of, I don't know, sometimes it's hard for me to cue in on what I'm feeling or what I'm thinking, or if I'm like somehow influencing my own prayer with my own biases. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of worried about that, but I was praying. And then as I was asking about this new opportunity to be at this school, I just felt all of a sudden confused, like I was forgetting about what I was praying about. Mm. And I just felt like there's a scripture in the book of uh, one of the books of scripture that we use, the Doctrine and Covenants, where it talks about like a stupor of thought. So I felt like I was having that. I'm like, what am I, what am I asking about again? You know, as I was praying and then we finished a prayer and I kind of shared that with, with you and just was like, hey, this was my experience as I was praying. It's a very distinct feeling, that stupor of thought where you just like you said, you kind of forget what you're asking about or your mind kind of just feels foggy. At least that's, to me, that's what it kind of feels like is, but it's a very distinct difference between, oh, I didn't really feel anything versus, man, I couldn't even formulate my thoughts. Like I was definitely having a hard time even focusing or being present. Like it just felt jumbled and what does it feel like to you though? Stupor of thought. I think just confusion. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it is, it's kind of like, I forget what I'm even, I'm like, what am I, what am you know, when you're trying to formulate a thought and you're talking to somebody and you lose your train of thought Yes. and you're like, uh, and then you almost stop and talk to the other person. You're like, what am I talking about again? It's kind of that type of an experience. And that's kind of what I felt as we're, as I was praying. Yeah. So we ended the prayer. You kind of said that. But then we kept talking for the next hour or two where it was like, well, so here's the pros and the cons. And we're talking through all these different things like, well, it's a new school, but they're going to teach all these great values and they're having great success in another area. And oh, if we get in now, then this opportunity might never be available again. It might be our only shot to get into this school because if it goes really well this year, then next year, the wait list is going to be a mile long, you know, a thousand kids long like it is up in North Orange County. And so we're going through all of these reasons. And like I said before, I had already applied and put our girls in their names in the hat. And it said, we'll update you when we make a decision on your spots. A couple hours go by and I ended up actually talking to a mom whose kids are going to this school and asking her questions and 
she was really wonderful and went back and forth with me about what she thought. So I said to Neil, gosh, should we pray again? Because I'm still feeling really conflicted. Like, here's what I like about it. Here's what I'm unsure about. And we go to pray again. And my phone, as I'm praying, actually my watch, my Apple watch just starts like buzzing, like every three seconds. And I was just annoyed. I was like, oh my gosh, like I can't even think because my my watch, my phone via my watch just keeps buzzing and interrupting my thought process. So I end my prayer and I was like, were you having stupor of thought too? And I said, no, my phone, my watch just kept going off with these notifications. So I look down and the notifications are acceptance for all three of our girls into this school. And at that point, we're like, wow, well, maybe it's a sign. This must be a sign that they're meant to go to this school. So we're like excited. And if you've ever moved schools, though, it's a totally hairy process where it's like, yeah, you click accept, but then they want like your social security number and your birth certificate and all of this documentation. And you have to move the records over from your old school to your new school. So we get on the phone with the school that our kids have gone to, to withdraw them. And I start crying. I couldn't even talk because I felt so sad taking them out of a school that they've loved, even though it seemed like on paper, this is a great thing. Like this new school is going to be such a great opportunity. I feel really sad. Neil feels sad. I start crying. He has to do the whole thing on the phone. At this point, what are you feeling, Neil? I don't know. I just kind of was meant like mentally, logistically thinking Mm -hmm. about it. I kind of was out of the realm of like feeling it out and trying to like listen. So I was just checking boxes. Like, okay, let's roll. Okay, what's the deal? Mm -hmm. Like, hey, how, what's the process? How do we make the transition? What do we need to do? When I saw you crying, I kind of was like, what's the deal? Mm-hmm. I thought we were... Are I you, thought we decided on we this. Good? Yeah. Like, I thought we were good here. That's where I was kind of stopped. I'm like, are, are you, how are you feeling? And I was like, I think I'm just sad. Kind of like a breakup when even if it's the right thing to move on to something new, it can feel really sad to leave comfort behind or leave something behind that you loved. So I kind of just chalk it up to that, that I'm just sad because we're ending something that we loved. But this new thing is going to be so great for our kids. And then we feed everybody dinner. We're getting the kids to bed. And when we finally get the kids to bed and we have a chance to sit down, just the two of us, to start talking. Oh, wait, actually, too, we told our kids. Kids were super bummed, of course. I mean, nobody, kids don't like change. They like to be where their friends are and they're where they feel comfortable and safe and happy. And so they were super bummed, but you know, we're trying to talk them into like, Hey, this is going to be great. It's a new start. Here's the things you're going to love about this school. But I mean, they're bummed about things like, Oh, well, was like, I can't have the same kind of backpack that I was planning on. And the shoes that I already bought with my own money, I'm not going to get to wear those shoes. Cause you can't wear those exact type of shoes at this school. Anyway, so I'm kind of like, oh, they'll get over it. You know, they're like worried about things like their backpack and their shoes and their lunchbox. Like, they'll be fine. They're kids. We put them to bed. And then Neil and I start talking. And we both just feel sick. Like, I think you said before I did, you're like, I'm just starting to feel sick about this, right? Yeah. No, that was the feeling. I've I've felt before, like, all making a decision, like, 
loss or like, oh man, I really like this or I like that mm-hmm. about this particular situation. Spanish immersion was that way. That was how that was when we left me to pull Annabelle out during COVID just because I don't speak Spanish. I'm trying to do distance learning. It was just like, this isn't going to work. So, so we pulled her out and there was that sense of loss. It was, it was a like loss so because she had worked so hard. She, like it was so mm-hmm. cool that she really was getting it and learning Spanish and it was amazing. So I felt loss, but I felt, I didn't feel like sick about it. Right. And so we're sitting there and I just, I'm like, I just, feel starting to just get a sick feeling about mm-hmm. this. So I said that and I guess you were feeling the same thing. Right. I, well, I wasn't trying to like induce you to feel that or I was like, okay, hopefully I'm not. No, you didn't you need to. I was to feel a certain way. I was feeling the same way too. And I was telling you like, gosh, is it just like a breakup where it just feels awful after? But the more we talked and the more we discussed the ins and outs of this decision, the more both of us just started to feel really sick about it to the point where I was just, finally, it was like almost midnight. I was like, Kate, I got to try to sleep. And so we decide, Kate, we're just going to sleep on it, which was kind of a joke because I don't sleep well when something's on my mind. So I got up and also if I stay up late since I'm breastfeeding, there's something about like my body's like, "Mm, I need you to feel more. So I go down to the kitchen. I have some cereal. I finally feel sleepy enough that I come upstairs and go to bed, I don't know, like 1230 or 1. And then I wake up at 5. I'm wide awake, just going, oh my gosh, what are we doing? I get, I see Neil get, I don't know, what time did you get up to go work out? Oh, it's probably like, I don't know, 545 or yeah. so. Yeah. So you get up and go and I'm sitting there reading my scriptures, trying to read a talk. And then while you're working out, you send me a talk. and. I start reading that. I start underlining all of these cool things in that talk. And it's just starting to feel like, okay, I you kind of know what you need to do here. If it's not feeling good, it's not right. And I knew that, but there was part of me that like I had already told some of the people that we were leaving our old school, like, yeah, I'm so sorry. And they were super bummed. And then telling if couple other friends who had talked me through this new school, like, hey, yeah, we're coming. And they were so excited. So there's a little bit of me feeling kind of silly. Like we made this exit announcement to our friends. We made an entrance announcement to the other friends that are going to the new school and just feeling kind of silly about that. And then also questioning like, well, but I did get those notifications right when we were praying. So was that a sign? So I'm trying to weigh all these different things, but ultimately I'm like, but it's never felt like absolutely yes or super peaceful or totally like, yeah, it's a little hard, but this is the right thing to do. It was absent of all of that. It mostly was just like, gosh, this seems like such a great opportunity. We can't miss this opportunity. So you come in from your workout and we both just start talking and it's like, I just, I don't know. Like, I don't know what to do. It's just kind of not feeling like the right thing. And then I had an impression, you should call your parents and talk to them about a situation that they were in once with work where my dad and his brother, who have always been business partners, they're they're both attorneys and they've worked together for decades now at different law firms. And I knew that they had had an experience where they went to join a law firm and then it didn't feel right. And they ended up going back and staying at their at the law firm that they had already been at. And 
I knew there was a story like that, but I didn't exactly know the details. So I was feeling that prompting though, like call your parents. So I tried calling my parents. They didn't respond because they actually were at the temple. And then they finally called me back. And my dad walks me through the whole scenario of what they went through. And there were so many striking parallels. But the one that was so interesting to me, more than anything else, there were lots of little things where it was like, well, this was your mom's impression. And this was your aunt's impression. And they happened to be the same. And then we kind of were questioning, maybe this decision was actually about this and not about that. And what was so interesting was my dad said, at the time when we reversed this decision that at first seemed like a great decision and then it felt wrong. So your uncle and I turned around and went back and reversed the decision. At the time, it was really like, why did that happen? And why did it seem like things were all falling into place? And then suddenly there was a big fat no, like, do not do this. He said it wasn't until years later when he was listening to a general conference talk by Richard G. Scott called Using the Supernal Gift of Prayer when he finally was like, oh, this is why. So my dad tells me this, and I had already read through and underlined a bunch of stuff that from the talk that Neil sent to me. I listened to my parents' advice. It's totally ringing true. And I'm feeling on this phone call like, I know what we need to do. I hang up the phone. I talk to Neil. We read through some of this talk, and we're just like, yeah, we know. Like, we know what we've got to do. So we go back. We end up reversing our decision. And I just feel like it was such an instructional experience where the Lord was like, hey, sometimes you do need to take action and start moving towards something. Because at first we prayed about it and we didn't get a no. It wasn't like at first you had, I mean, you had your stupor of thought. Actually, we could go back to that. Because maybe that could have been enough for us to be like, well, you didn't feel 100% about this. You kind of were feeling a stupor of thought. So if it's not a, we've said before, if it's a green or a yellow, it's a go. If it's a red, it's a no. So the stupor of thought maybe should have been enough for us to just say, this is feeling like a no. But there were other little things where it was like, oh, but do we want to let go of this opportunity? It's so great. And the notification that came in right after as I was praying or the multiple notifications. But I feel like the spirit giving us an absolute no with that sick feeling was so instructional to me of like, sometimes the Lord will let you kind of go down a path, try to figure something out, and then he'll He'll stop you from doing the wrong thing if you've been asking and you're willing to listen. That's the part of the that talk that your dad referenced that I really liked. I mean, at the end of it, or the part that you sent over to me says, when you're living righteously and, and acting with trust, God will not let you proceed too far without a warning impression if you have made the wrong decision. I kind of love that. I don't know. I immediately thought of my little kids, like my little three-year-old or my little five-year-old that I'll kind of let them hang and like, well, I'll be walking with them. But if there's something that's a little 
maybe a little questionable or like a drop or some stairs or something like I'll let them walk around. But if they're starting to get close to that ledge, then I like, I'll come over and nudge them or grab them or whatever. Totally. And I feel like that's kind of what God did in this scenario was like waited for us to act and to use our agency and move our feet. But as we were moving farther and farther into this situation, that there were some course corrective kind of feelings and impressions that came as we were getting to where, hey, we don't want to be going in this direction. Or we yeah. Be. And we do that actually with the beach, with the ocean, with every one of our toddlers. I've done this. We moved to the beach when Annie was 18 months old and was just barely confidently walking. So each of our kids, especially our first two, they were wild and <laughs> ran around with just absolutely no fear whatsoever. And I would let the ocean knock a little healthy fear into them sometimes with standing really close by. But I wanted them at least once a year at the very beginning of the summer to get kind of knocked over so they would recognize and respect the strength of the ocean, the waves that you think you can just stand there. But if you're not being cautious, it'll knock you right over. And I would stand super close so that I could make sure I grabbed their hand and helped them stand right back up and that I rescued them when they needed it right at that last second. But I think sometimes God does that with us too, where he's kind of like, okay, I'm going to let you go down this path a little bit because we have to use our agency, right? He, if he didn't allow us to try things out or go down one road or try something else out, it would just be God saying, go here, go there, do this, do that pick up the fork, you know, fold the laundry. Like he, he could to an nth degree instruct our every little move, but he's not going to, because he wants us to learn. He wants us to progress. And I think this was so instructional for me to learn even a little bit better how the spirit speaks to me and how the spirit says no to me. And we were saying like, when's the last time we felt just sick about something? It's been a while. I think, honestly, the last time we had this experience was the Range Rover, which is... <laughs> that's like a it's like a best hits bring up on this podcast. It's like a that, best that hits for... it has been like brought up more than any other example. Well, um, for a reason. Well, it was a good one. It was instructive. I'd rather learn that lesson at a price that stung at the moment and at that point in our marriage. And, and just as a refresher, this was a car. It was an older, older Range Rover, which if you know anything about cars, if you buy an old one, they, they have a slew of problems. And this particular year had just a astronomical amount of problems. I kind of knew that, but was fooled by the low price. And how it was such a good opportunity, like, right? Oh, this is my chance to own the car that I've always wanted. And, you know, and I thought this was such a great thing. And we went about this process and it it ended up just being a horrible decision. We had to try and get out of it. I think we owned it for maybe 30 days before we had to trade it in for something different and go through a whole bunch of mechanical problems and shops and all that stuff. So... This reminded, yeah, this this situation kind of, there were some parallels with the way that it felt that were instructive, I guess. Yeah, that sick feeling. And 
Uh, one thing I really want to say that I feel like is super important is just because we received a no, just kind of like those scriptures, doesn't mean that this school is a bad school or it was a wrong choice for someone else. It was specifically what I feel like the Lord instructed us to do with our children, but that doesn't necessarily mean that someone else isn't going to have a great feeling about it. And in fact, I know I've talked about this before, but this came up just the other day with my two of my really good friends from college that I met up with a week or two ago because one of them was in town and one of them had just moved back here to Orange County. And it's a Halloween dance that, or a Halloween party that I was invited to freshman year, you know, October of 2003. And my friends all got invited to this and they were like, yeah, let's all go together. Let's wear matching outfits. So we all had these little matching Halloween outfits that we were going to wear. And I loved going to parties. I was not the girl who was like, "Mm, I think I'll skip the party and stay home. Never. (laughs) Once I was out on my own, I was like, oh, I'm going to live it up and go to every party because I felt like I was totally missed out on a lot of those things because I was so responsible when I lived at home under my parents' guidance, which was very wise of them. But I was totally, that was my version of like, I'm going to live my best life. So there was no part of me that naturally would have been like, I think I'll stay home and do homework. But as we were getting ready for this party, the spirit strongly spoke to me and said, do not go to this party. And I couldn't deny it. It was so strong that I said, okay. So I stayed home and did homework, which was super uncharacteristic of me. And three of my really good friends took off. They went up to Logan. We were living in Provo. They went up to Logan, went to this party, had an amazing time, came home, nothing happened. And the reason why this story is so significant is it's not like it's one of those stories where it's like, yeah, and then they died in a car accident or, and then this horrible thing happened. Nothing happened to any of them, but for whatever reason, I was not supposed to go. And I'll never know why, maybe in the next life, but I'll never know why. I just know that the spirit told me not to go. And interestingly, when I was at dinner with these girls just a couple weeks ago, for some reason it came up. They're like, oh yeah, remember that Halloween party that we went up to and Logan and it was so amazing. I was like, no, I didn't, you guys, do you remember? I didn't go. I stayed home and did homework. And they were like, oh, that's right. Like they didn't even remember that. So again, it's just significant because what's right for you or what's wrong for you or a yes or a no for you doesn't necessarily mean this is universally wrong. It just means that each person has a different path and that the Lord sees what you need. And if you're willing to listen to him, he's going to direct you in a perfect path for you. And then the talk you sent, Neil, by, it's called By Divine Design, which is by Ronald A. Rasband from October 2017. Such a good talk about hearing the voice of the Lord and letting him guide and direct you. He said, our lives are like a chessboard and the Lord moves us from one place to another if we are responsive to spiritual promptings. Looking back, we can see his hand in our lives. And isn't that how it works out a lot of times where you look back and you're like, oh, like at the time, this decision made no sense at all. And then later on, a lot of times it does make sense where you're like, oh my gosh, that's how it was moving into this house. Like when we moved from our last house into this house, 
we didn't necessarily need to move yet. We had two kids and I was pregnant with a third, but really our last house would have been fine. Our, our last house would have been fine for three kids and probably even four. However, if we had waited until we were busting at the seams in that house, by the time we had four kids in 2020, if we had waited until it was the most logical time for our family to move because of our family size, it would not have been the most ideal time for us to buy the house that we're in now. It was like when the Lord prompted us to move and it felt premature for where our family was at, even though it didn't make a lot of sense, we just felt super strongly about it. So we did it. And now looking back, it's like, oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense now. Now that we know what we know with how the market changed and how there was basically no inventory during COVID and how things were getting snatched up like crazy and the prices went through the roof and all those things that happened. We never could have foreseen that. Nobody ever could have foreseen COVID. Nobody could have foreseen so many of the changes that were coming in our lives. Luckily, when the Lord told us to move and to sell our house and buy a different one that ended up accommodating our growing family that at the time also we never would have predicted we'd have five kids he could see things down the road that he was going to ask us to do and made provisions for those things to happen and for our needs to be met way before we even saw those needs. And I think part of what I could question or what people could question with this story is like, why didn't God just flat out tell you the first time you even thought about this or when you asked about it, right? Because Again, I guess we could go back to the stupor of thought and probably we should have listened to that or paid attention to that a little bit more. And now in hindsight, I'm like, yeah, I guess he did try to tell us no. But what do you think about as far as why this was such a process and not just an immediate yes, no, do this, don't do that? I think sometimes it's not so much about, I mean, obviously the answer is is really important, but also equally or maybe even sometimes more important is the instruction that happens through the process and i think that's what god is about us learning and and gaining wisdom through a process of decision making and that's what i think on earth kind of what we're down here to figure out is how to use our agency how to make decisions how to understand and so I think without going through the process that we went through, I don't think we would have the knowledge that we have and have the confidence moving forward with our decision. I don't know that we would have been as confident as we are if it had been like a quick like, nope, and you're like, okay. But I think because there was a wrestle, there was a back and forth, there was a considering, there was kind of like some pain points along the way, mm-hmm. it made it more impactful. It made it more of a an experience that we can always kind of go back to and reference and say, no, this is right and good. And if there's ever any doubt, we can come back to this experience. And it was impactful enough to where we will both kind of like be on the same page about it and then have that experience and have learned the wisdom about how to go about it in order to have confidence moving forward in the future. A couple more things that are really important from the talk that my dad shared with me. First of all, kind of a three-step checkpoint that you can look at 
as to how the Lord is maybe answering your prayers. This is how Richard G. Scott says it. He says, he will reply in one of three ways. First, you can feel the peace, comfort, and assurance that confirm that your decision is right. Or second, you can sense that unsettled feeling, the stupor of thought indicating that your choice is wrong. And that's what happened to us with both your prayer and then all of the after talk last night where we both just felt sick about it. Going back to the quote, or third, and this is the difficult one, you can feel no response. What do you do when you have prepared carefully, have prayed fervently, waited on a reasonable time for a response, and still do not feel an answer? You may want to express thanks when that occurs, for it is an evidence of his trust. When you're living worthily and your choice is consistent with the Savior's teachings and you need to act, proceed with trust. As you are sensitive to the promptings of the Spirit, one of two things will certainly occur at the appropriate time. Either the stupor of thought will come, indicating an improper choice, or the peace or burning in the bosom will be felt, confirming that your choice was right. I love that so much because Richard G. Scott just lays it out so clearly for us. Here's how you can decide. Either you haven't felt anything, so you need to proceed until you feel a yes or no, or recognize when it's a no from either that sick feeling or stupor of thought, or you're going to feel peace. You're going to feel that burning in your bosom, calming reassurance that yes, this is the right choice. And just because you feel those feelings too, doesn't mean there's not going to be temptation down the road to question that feeling and that reassurance of the spirit. And for me, that's one of the reasons why it's so important to journal, to write down, to record when I've felt the spirit confirming the rightness of a choice. But I learned so much from this experience that God lovingly and patiently taught me, instructed me, helped me to learn and refine and sharpen my skills just a little bit more on how to hear the voice of the Lord, how to hear a no, and then how to have the courage to proceed even when it is a no. Thanks so much for listening to Mint Arrow Messages. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Mint Arrow. Subscribe to our Apple Podcasts and rate and review us if you like us. And to get show notes, go to mintarrow.com slash podcast. And you can even sign up to get show notes emailed right to your inbox. And we'll email you every time there's a new episode.